I'm Rob Morris, and welcome to Season 3 of Beyond the Game, Moore's hyper-local sports podcast. Before we get to this episode, we'd like to thank the folks that helped make this podcast possible. Beneficial Automotive Maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. And Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school students at their Norman and Midwest City locations. Westmore's new head football coach, David White, comes to the Jaguar family after two seasons at Jackson Hole High School in Wyoming. His background includes playing college football at the University of Nevada and time at OU as a grad assistant and recruiting coordinator. We sat down with Coach White for a deeper dive into his experiences and why he pursued the Westmore coaching job. Coach White, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Great to get a chance to sit down and talk to you. Welcome to Moore. Uh, welcome to Westmore. Um, for folks who don't know you, uh, kind of give us a little bio. Who are you? Where'd you come from? What's your history? Gotcha. Well, you know what? I've, I've, I've been around Oklahoma probably a lot longer than people assume or, or, or think. Um, coached OU back in the day when I left Bishop Gorman. Uh, left, um, got out of coaching uh, full-time, but did a lot of, a lot of camps and a lot of national uh, national bowl games. But then Jay Norvell got the job at Nevada, and so I, I reconnected with Jay and went to Nevada. But somehow I just kept wanting to get back into high school at some point in my career and, and, and be Oklahoma just because my wife's from Choctaw. Uh, we got three kids, Brexton, who's eight, twin girls that are five. So started a little late in the process. But the whole goal is to get back into high school. And at some point, if it made sense on both sides to get in a high school job in Oklahoma, that's where I wanted to go and finish my career, just because of family and friends and, and the relationships I have here, because I've, I've been here so many times and for so long. So to finally get the shot, it, it, it was a great, great opportunity. And sure. so tell me, that shot comes at Westmore. Yep. Um, some great Jaguar tradition in football. Um, What's your, your kind of feeling about Westmore and coming in here? You know, from the outsider, and when I say that, not just, just down the street outsider, not so much on an outsider outsider, just looking at where they're at in their conference and playing 6A football against, you know, the powerhouses in the east and, and just looking at the situation between the three more schools. Every, every one of the schools brings something unique and different. Uh, but, I, but I think the opportunity now with the new facilities and how they're coming online here on this campus, I think it really puts itself in a position to really – to really be competitive, because I think that's a big difference between East and West. I mean, they got facilities, um, they got pride, they got a lot of different things that I really think Westmore can do. And and, and I, I know I'm going to give everything I got to respect the history of coaches that have been here, the the tradition that's been been laid for many, many years, and the players that came out of here. So I, I think coming here with that little bit of that outsider perspective, but a little bit of roll up my sleeves and let's get after it, I think it's going to give us a good chance to, to be competitive and, and compete with those teams, not just in our conference, but over in, on the east side. Yeah, now mentioning the east side, all right, Bixby on yep. a big roll right now. Yeah. Um, and Bixby is kind of, for me, unique in the east because you've got the mega school districts, Broken Arrow with 4,000, 4,800, almost 5,000 students. you got Broken Arrow with a huge student body. you got Jinx with a big student body. Then Owasso, where, where Bl- yep. Bill Blankenship was so successful there. Um, but Bixby has come in and shown that you can win if you don't have a massive school district, which everybody has, you know, said is the real challenge. You know, you, you have this, this massive student body to draw talent from. Bixby has shown that you can win with a bit of a smaller student body. What's it going to take for a school from the west side, and hopefully it would be Westmore, Southmore, Moore that would break through, uh, to bring home a state championship back to the west side? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, what Bixby's doing over there is just pretty extraordinary when it comes to how they're 
just scoring scoring so many points and just being so dominant, you know, especially over the teams over there on the east side. And I think that I just attribute to that too because they don't have a lot of Division One players. They just they coach football really well. They're consistent. They they're productive. Um, even I watch their games sometimes on TV and I'm watching on live stream. Just their economy of movement, how they how they not just offense or defense, but just how they run their football program is very very huge. And, and again, I've been around a long time where. You know, you look across the field and bigger and better teams should beat you and you beat them. And I've been on teams where we should beat that team and they beat us. So I think what they're doing is that being consistent, they're playing with effort, and they're just they're really playing smart football. So I think that's 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 the key. And not just in Oklahoma, but I know that's what I, I see in Bixby. You know, Coach Lauren Montgomery's doing a heck of a job just really, you know, with that whole program. Not just a team, but the whole program from middle school on up. So, and I think that could be done here. I think the resources are here. I think the opportunity here, the numbers, obviously, around what twenty-five to twenty-eight hundred, I believe, here on campus. So, I, I think we're right there in the mix. But, um, yeah, I think that's that blueprint that you want to do. Uh, and again, just very fortunate to been around coaches around the country and seeing what people do and what their message is and, and what is their motivation, and try to see if I can bring some of that that here to Westmore. Pete. I want to go two places from here. First off, you talk about having the resources and the facilities. Westmore, Southmore, Moore are all stepping up. Indoor practice facilities. Uh, Westmore and Southmore, for the first time, now have on-campus stadiums. They'll be playing true home games for the first time since the schools have opened. What does that mean to this program? I think it's huge. I think you got to look towards the future. And, again, you know, the new school mentality is – the flash and what do you got and how can you do this and that or how do you build a program or how do you keep kids to stay on campus because they want to go to the bigger and better thing. I think with here at Westmore, again, you're right, all three have got the 80-yard indoor, which is unbelievable. And that really sits you in that same category as teams in the East. And the stadium-wise, Moore's going to keep theirs. Southmore's upgrading their facility in the back. What's unique about us is having a standalone stadium without a track around it is really neat. It's unique. There's not that many. I know Edmund Memorial has one on this side. Uh, I'm not sure if Mustang does or not, but I just know that Edmund Memorial does. So I, I think that's a very unique thing. And when you butt up the 80-yard the next to it and with the chance for improvement and maybe something down the road in between there, like a field house, it's unbelievable. You know, it's just trying to push that narrative and push that 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 those opportunities, you know, ahead. I think it puts you in a position where, again, kids are going to stay here because kids get recruited, kids leave, kids come in and out of the district. So to have something like that is very – very unique and, 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 and it really does it should motivate kids to want to play here and I think we do a really good job with it and you touched on something that is my next area of interest um, we've seen what NIL and the portal have done to college football yeah. this year especially um, I think a lot of us were kind of going well that's probably going to happen but to the extent with which it happened has everybody kind of wringing their hands a little bit uh, Brian Fitzgerald and I have talked about this before, the impact of NIL and quote-unquote portal now that the OSSAA has their new transfer rule. Um, You're in a new age of coaching. You have to deal with – parents and athletes who are looking for the best deal for them you know the it's not that that parents and athletes don't have that sense of loyalty to a school or their colors or their mascot anymore but it's landscape's different it's a different world out there what is that what kind of challenges does that bring to you and how do you see those things kind of playing out over the next five to ten years you know that was, that was one of the big boxes I, I wanted to check before you know because again going to Jackson Hole the last couple of years it was just a great opportunity to kind of 
get out of the, 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 the mainstream or the high level of football. Great kids, and it was competitive football out there for sure. Um, but it was just an opportunity to kind of get away from my family. But then coming back to here, that was a big box, you know, because, again, this, with everything changing in the one-time transfer rule, and, and that's still a lot of gray area in that in, in general But because kids can up and move regardless. And parents nowadays will move five miles just because the newer and better thing or the opportunity or this guy's going to get you in college. And the NIL in the state is there. Has it really been an impact? No, but I imagine it's going to start picking some steam up here pretty soon because you saw how it did in college. So that that's the only thing that bugs me a little bit, being a little old school, is just the people up and leaving and looking over your shoulder of, of this kid's happy or that kid's happy when really all you can do is just coach up the program and create a culture that benefits both that, that Power 5 football player and the, then the kid that, you know, his playing reps are little and few and far in between but loves being a part of the program. So – but, yeah, that, that's a tough deal. It's just it's interesting how people are doing it. And sometimes you get a little upset thinking they're not loyal, they're not part of the school, they're not going to be – they don't want to play for Coach White or this or this or that coach. So it, it's tough to take. But every parent and, and kids has certain reasons and opportunities to do it. But, but I'll just tell you, sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Kids want to think that. And you try to coach them up or you try to educate them or you try to tell the parents. But – at some point, you just got to let them go figure it out on their own. Yeah. Well, I'm a boomer, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I grew up in that stage where, you know, you went to one high school and that was your team. And boy, you were loyal to those right. guys until you die. Uh, and still am, as a matter of fact. Um, but uh, the thing that hits me is you're not facing anything that any other 6A coach isn't facing. I mean, all of you are dealing with that same issue. And it's going to, uh, you're going to have to navigate your way through it in the, in the years to come. Oh, yeah, you, you have to do it. I think if you sit back, just like recruiting in general, because when I talk to kids and I'm very – I think I've, I've been, you know, in a great situation where I've helped many kids get on to the next level. It doesn't matter if it's Division three or Division one, And I've been on the other side recruiting those kids. And so the transfer portal or just just that in general, knowing that landscape of it, it's it's been a very um, – it's been very interesting. But the bottom line is it is what it is. And you just got to figure out and say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. You can't sit back and complain about it. I the bottom line is the people you see on TV and college football pros, they didn't bounce around a whole bunch of different places. They went and earned their spot, kept competing, they got noticed and went on. But today's age is a little bit different, but there are still good teams out there that don't have to deal with it. They just got a lot of pride and a lot of energy and they're coached up, they're going to stay. So, But it, it's definitely, you got to be aware of it, but at the same time, if you sit back and complain about it too much, it's just going to overwhelm you. And I'm guessing that's the heart of your strategy is to make Westmore the kind of program where kids aren't going to want to leave. They're going to want to come here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, again, starting with the middle school. I met with the middle school the last couple of weeks and, and even trying to get make sure our, the youth programs are are still going and, and getting better uh, every year because you got to get better every year no matter what you do. But, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. And I really think that Westmore can really do that because I think it's just it's just the location of it and the facilities and the, the conference you're playing. That's one thing, too. Kids want to play in the big conference, play the big boys. It's a tough, it's tough schedule. But who doesn't want to play at the Union Jenks, and who doesn't want to go up and play the Santa Fe's, or who wants to play Norman Norris? I mean, it's a neat, neat, neat opportunity for sure. Cool. So, what kind of team uh, can folks expect to see on offense and defense? You know, I'm I'm an offensive guy, and, and from starting from that side of the ball, I think it's just a fun, you know, fun, energetic offense that's going to run and throw the football. Again, I'm one of those guys. If it itches, we're going to scratch it. Since I've been back in high school, two out of three schools, we led the state in passing, and the other school has been run-dominated for many, many years, and it really was a great opportunity for me to really tighten up my run game because our run game guy and our line coach was phenomenal. And so we really tightened up some run game and, and got that going. But it's an offense that's made up for a program where you're not going to throw it every dang down because you're never going to get running backs to stay or show up. 
you can't run it every time or else you're not going to get a quarterback or receivers to show up. So it's a fun offense where you're going to run and throw, and it's it's an easy offense. It's not all full speed all the time, but it's a mix between some tempos we did at Oklahoma and, and being at Nevada with Matt Mummy. You know, people talk about the air raid. I was there with the son of the dad who did it, and he was out there many times and asked him how, where, why. And so I condensed some of that, and then we ran the pistol, which, you know, which is University of Nevada is the home of the pistol. Chris Alton invented that coach running back. So it was just such a great time to, to understand how, how where, and, and Vitawa and Colin Kaepernick were the one-two punch back in the day doing this offense. And so Vi was on campus with us. So it was really a neat way for me to go, all right, I like it, but also I want to understand it. I just want to do it because I read about it I hear about it. You know, people buy the Tony Franklin offense and have this big book and they start calling plays. you got to have some type of connection. So. Overall for offense, I think it's going to be a fun offense. We're going to get after it. But um, defensive-wise, and I, I tell the coaches down, we're in the process now trying to put together a defensive coordinator and some defensive coaches on defense. Passionate defense. I want guys flying around. I play quarterback. I'm an offensive guy. Pressure's coming from all over. Zoner man, it doesn't matter. I, I think you got to be a little bit aggressive on defense. But you got to know what you're doing. Uh, there's nothing worse than being a coach and hearing kids asking calls every other play. I think you, these kids, you got to be sim- simple, but then you got to have some fundamental, fundamentally sound stuff. But let's have fun and fly around where the kids can fly around. I mean, if you got average athletes, you don't want to slow them down to being too cerebral. Let them go out and give everything they got and make it simple. So that's kind of my philosophy on defense. And, and plus, somebody you want to trust over there during practice. Hey, that side of the ball, let's make sure we are getting things done so when it's team periods, both O and D, are, are, are doing well, are doing good. They, they, they're putting it all together at the end of practice. Cool. All right. Let's step away from football a little bit. Folks want to know who you are away from the, the game. I mean, yeah. uh, look, what about this? Um, do you have any, if the wife comes home and says, honey, you're in charge of dinner tonight, uh, do you have a go-to that you can? You don't need a recipe, you can just go cook it up and feed uh-huh. the family? You know, that's funny because, you know, one thing, the reason why I went back to high school, just so I can have those opportunities to have my kids at practice, come home at a decent hour um, and, and hang out. But, yeah, it's, and again, Brooks Brooke, was from Choctaw originally. And so, like, last night we had a bunch of people over Super Bowl. So we had to do the go-to. I'm a big Super Bowl party. got to get the meatballs. You know, those are bread and butter. You know what I mean? you got to go to the meatballs. But, uh, but no, overall, I think when you come home at night, uh, depends. We, we're into that whole, or she's more than me, but the TikTok thing and look at certain meals, you come home because you want to mix it up and – and do things, but uh, that and watch your latest shows and get caught up on like Reacher was the biggest one that just kind of came and went real fast. I wish it spread out each week, but shoot, you can watch them all within five days and be done. But uh, <laughs> sorry about that. There you go. We'll, we'll just shut that down. A little ringtone there. There yeah. you go. Yeah, we're okay. Going. <laughs> um, I, you mentioned. Um, all right, so Reacher, you're a binge watcher. You're a Reacher fan. Have yeah. you read the novels? I have not. Okay, so there are a bunch of good novels. Are you a? Uh, are you liking Alan Richson as Reacher? Did you see the Tom Cruise movies? I saw the Tom Cruise movie, and then when the, the Reacher there came out, it was a little bit different, obviously, but and then size different. That one Reacher there now is a pretty big boy, but just some of the, the one-liners and the whole his attitude is is kind of funny to me. But uh, but it, again, it, it's just neat to. To, to watch those shows. I'm one of those suspense guys. I like the dramatic suspense. My wife keeps going, let's watch more comedies, which I, I like comedy stuff, but I think I like those action and, and drama and, and stuff like that. Um, all right, so here's another question running in that direction. Marvel Cinematic Universe or DC Comics? Are you Iron Man, Thor, those guys, or Superman, Batman? You know what? I'm more the, I guess I was, I'm old school, a little Superman, but no, I like the whole... The Marvel, you know, the whole Iron Man deal and all that stuff, because it's crazy how they're making them nowadays. They're making them in a studio, and it looks like they're in a whole different city every other day, but in the one studio. But no, I'm, I'm more of the, I think I'm more of the Thor thing. I got, again, I got my kids, so I've got to, 
I got to sit back and watch some of their stuff. Like lately, we've been watching. What was the thing? With, oh gosh, we've been watching. Not Beauty and the Beast. We watched something lately. It's just because you know, I went through the whole Moana thing for about seven months. Watched about eight hundred. Watched it eight hundred times. Well, you had to do Frozen at some point. Frozen. That's yeah. The Frozen was in there, and it's like goshy. But some of those cartoons and animations they make nowadays, you can sit there and start watching it. And next, you know, you're like, I can sit down and just get stuck and watch the whole thing over and over again, every single time. So, uh, what's the one we watch all the time with the dogs? Um, not Toy Story. Toy Story is a big one, but uh, the one with the dog, the pets, or something like that. That I know that stuff almost by heart now. So, but that's what it is when you have kids. Very good. Yeah. Well, Coach, um, if you could sit across from anybody in the the Moore School District and have them know one thing about you, um, what would be the most important thing that you would want folks to understand about you? You know that, that I care. I, I think in any pity who coaches high school football, it's not easy. It, it's hard. It's not always so, so much about the X and O's, but it's about do you really care the development of the kids, development of the program? Um, because I really do value that the fact that I'm coaching somebody's son. You know, and people think I'm crazy leaving the University of Nevada to go back to high school. And again, had a couple spots, try to get back here and some COVID stuff. But bottom line is I'm coaching football at unique places, learning a lot. So, but the bottom thread, the common thread between of all that and what my kids would probably say about me and my players, and I know it's in my heart, is I care. You know, I, I care um, that our facilities are great. I care that the kids develop. I care that these kids have a great experience. And they're not just the DeMarco Murrays of the world. They're, they're the kids that at the end of the bench that just loves being a part of something. So that matters to me. And so I look at football through a different lens than a lot of people. So uh, what they would need to know about me is that I, that I care and, and that I'm just here trying to create an opportunity that just is one of a kind. We only go to high school once. And I've been there and I've, I'm always trying to figure out ways to make this way better than my experience was. And my experience was average at best. And I think part of it has to do with the coaching style. How can I facilitate that? So, yeah, I care. It matters. Well, Coach, thanks so much for taking the time, and best of luck as you head into spring and summer and into that first football season with your new stadium. Yep, I appreciate it. Again, I appreciate what you do, and, yeah, this opportunity to talk, and just, you know, looking forward to getting this thing going. Now, thanks again for listening to Beyond the Game. We're grateful for the support of all our sponsors. Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes at their Norman and Midwest City locations, and beneficial automotive maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. You can listen to Beyond the Game wherever you get your podcasts or online at moremonthly.com. We'll be dropping new podcasts weekly, so you can follow More Monthly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with the latest episodes. And if you think about it, hit the like button and give us a rating and review. It helps spread the word about Beyond the Game to other listeners.